Live from the downtown studio, the Flames Talk postgame show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Okay, well, the Flames fought hard at Madison Square Garden on this Monday night, but in the end, a 2-0 setback against the Rangers as we are underway on your Flames Talk postgame show tonight. It's uh, Pat Steinberg along with you, and let's head right back to Madison Square Garden right now to get some postgame reaction immediately after a 2-0 setback against New York. Mackenzie Weger joins us right now. Uh, Mackenzie, a hard-fought one. There was uh, That was a close game there, especially in that third period where your group came close, but just overall, how... Uh, how did you see this one for the team tonight? Uh, yeah, I thought, uh, obviously, the first period was tough. Marky, uh, you know, stood on his head. He kept us in that game, gave us a chance to win. But, um, you know, second and third periods were pretty good. We got some looks. But, um, you know, in the end, I thought, you know, they played a better overall game. Their goalie, you know, played really solid as well. And we, we couldn't find that one extra to get, to get it tied up. What more can you say about not just Jacob tonight, McKenzie, but uh, what Jacob has given you on this entire road trip, and honestly, all season long, but since coming back from the, the All-Star break, what more can you say about Jacob? <laughs> I mean, he's unbelievable. Uh, you know, he practices hard, plays hard for us. Um, you know, he's a Vesna caliber goalie. He's a great leader in the room for us. Um, you know, I, there's not really much more I can really say about him. He's, he's the reason why, you know, we had a good road trip. Um, he looks great out there. He's, he's making unbelievable saves for us. And, um, you know, we're really lucky to have him. You talked about the first period and, and how he kept you in it. What what uh, what was your kind of evaluation of maybe why things weren't where they needed to be in that first period? Well, I, you know, we didn't really do anything right in that first period. We weren't skating. Execution wasn't there. We weren't physical. We weren't checking hard. Uh, you know, we weren't getting a four-check established. And, you know, they, they, they're a good team over there. They spread you out. They make plays. They got skill, a lot of talent. Uh, so it could have been literally 5 nothing after that first period. So yeah. we're lucky to have Marky. And a final thought for you, McKenzie, and uh, that's just on the road trip as a whole. I know it doesn't end the way the group wanted, but you take six of a possible eight and played some really good hockey. Uh, can you come home big picture feeling pretty good about the way the group played on the road here? Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously we we got to just forget about this one and, you know, get back home, get some rest. And, you know, keep playing the same way we are in those last few games uh, you know, on this road trip, and we'll be just fine. Mackenzie, appreciate the time. Good luck against uh, the Sharks on Thursday. Fly safe. Hey, we'll see you in a few days. All right, I appreciate it, Pat. That is uh, Mackenzie Weger from Madison Square Garden in New York as he joins us post-game following a 2-0 setback against the New York Rangers. Uh, hard-fought one, but in the end, uh, Rangers definitely deserving of the victory. They played hard. Flames came on as this game went along, and they got an absolutely stellar performance from Jacob Markstrom once again. Flames talk post-game is underway. It's Pat Steinberg with you, Megan Mickelson, Derek Wills as well, as we're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcast, and of course live right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The phone lines are open at 403-240-4444 Text line open at 960-960. Mick uh, on the marquee matchup pregame brought to you by Country Hills Toyota We were talking about how the Flames had an opportunity to win five consecutive They don't do that. Haven't uh, Still haven't won five in a row, dating back to the 21-22 season uh, They fought hard tonight, but you know Ryan Huska talked about it. Mark Savard talked about it in his chat with Derek pregame this game it felt like was going to be the hardest one to win for them good team end of a trip fatigue knowing you're coming back home all of what goes into it plus the Rangers played a really good game as well how'd you uh, see this one at Madison Square Garden yeah I mean obviously didn't like the start that first period just there was seemed like there was nothing there for the group except for Jacob Markstrom who 
it felt like in that first period he was kind of the only one that sort of came to play and uh, he was outstanding and I agree with Mackenzie Weger like it, it could have been four or five nothing without some of the saves that he made and the the thing is with when you're playing against opponents like the coaching staff does a really good job in terms of the pre-scout. So the, the type of team that you're going to be playing, what to expect, and how you beat them. So no matter what type of game they're playing, no matter how good they are, you know as a player the things that you need to do going into those games in order to be successful. So that was the, the disappointing part for me was that they just didn't seem like they were prepared to play the game. But you know, have to give them credit for the way that they stuck with it and continued to push uh, in an effort to come back. I didn't like them in the first period one bit, yeah. but I thought they were better in the second and third periods, at least defensively. Markstrom obviously kept them in the game through 20 minutes, but offensively, they just had a really tough time generating good looks tonight. And when they did, Shosturkin was there to stop them, and that's what Vesna caliber goaltenders can do. We saw that at both ends of the ice at MSG on this Monday night. And all in all, it was a good road trip for the team. They win three out of four. They pick up six of a possible eight points, and that's the type of hockey they're going to have to play heading down the stretch. And you're not going to win them all. They lost to, I think, the best team that they faced on this trip, with all due respect to the Bruins. I, I still like the Rangers more than I like them. I do too. And you can live with that. It happens. But now you got to bounce back. You can't keep winning two, three, four in a row, losing two, three, four in a row. Pat, we talked about their last 12 games going into this one, a four-game winning streak, hmm. a four-game losing streak, a four-game winning streak. And the good news is the Flames have a golden opportunity to get right back in the win column on Thursday night. They've got two days between games, long trip back from New York to Calgary for sure. Tomorrow, I'm guessing, will be an off day for it the is. group. Yep. Uh, back to practice on Wednesday. And then you've got the lowly Sharks coming in on Thursday. With that said, though, this is a team that, on a lot of nights, I would even say most nights this season, has played up to their competition and also down to their competition. They're going to have to knock that off. you got to get two points against San Jose on Thursday. Um, let's talk a little bit about Jacob Markstrom, friends. Uh, Derek, on, on on the Monday Daily Flames roundtable, that was the only topic that you, Logan, and I kicked around was you know Jacob Markstrom's future. There is that bombshell report from Elliot Friedman on Saturday headlines about how New Jersey and Calgary had serious talks about Jacob Markstrom. And, you know, on this road trip, Jacob talked to Sportsnet's Eric Francis. They sat down and talked about his future and look there's there's lots swirling around this team and recently there's been more and more swirling around number 25 doesn't seem to be phasing him with the way he's played on this road trip he starts all four games three of them earns him the number one star of the week for last week he was maybe at his best tonight allowing just the one goal whatever is being talked about surrounding Jacob Markstrom right now ain't phasing him it's not, and it's funny because last season when he struggled and the team struggled in front of him, I got the sense, and I think it's actually carried over to this season to some extent, I got the sense that he heard a lot of the outside noise because he wasn't the friendliest with members of the media last mm -hmm. season. And even to start this season, uh, I think as the season's gone on, he's realized that uh, Calgary media are, are not out to get him. They're just uh, trying to do their jobs like he's trying to do his job. But you know, he's been brilliant all season, but especially in December, January, and February when he's given the Flames an opportunity to win almost every single game that he started. And he's stolen a few of them along the way. And it's interesting because you know the two names we're hearing most right now, I would put Noah Hannafin third because it, it sounds like there's still a chance the Flames could sign him to 
a, a long-term contract extension, but we're hearing the name of Chris Tanev. One of the teams he's being tied to is not a Stanley Cup contender. As a matter of fact, not a team that's going to make the playoffs this year in the Senators. And then the team we heard tied to Jacob Markstrom through the Elliot Friedman reporting on Saturday, the New Jersey Devils. And they're certainly not a Stanley Cup contender. So I think it's interesting that the Senators are trying to bring in a guy like Tanev because they think they need that type of pro in their dressing room. And the Devils may be trying to bring in a guy like Markstrom, not to save this season, but to put them in a better spot going into the next couple of seasons. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. I would still be pretty surprised if the Flames moved Jacob Markstrom before the March 8th trade deadline. And as we talked about on the roundtable, Megan, one of the reasons why, we don't know what Dustin Wolf is at the National Hockey League level. Yep. If they were confident that he could be at least a 1B, then I think it makes it easier to move Jacob Markstrom, but not knowing who he is or what he is at this level, as good as he's been at every other level, I think it makes it tough on the team. They, they looked for more than a decade for a guy to replace Mika Kiprasov, and I'm not saying Jacob Markstrom is Mika Kiprasov, but he's definitely the best goaltender the Flames have had since number 34. Yeah, I mean, I really like Jacob Markstrom's approach to the entire situation when he talked to Eric Francis and uh, Eric asked him about the whole situation and he said, I don't read. <laughs> and he said that he will start paying attention to any of the trade talk or rumors or whatever it is when he gets an email or someone comes and has a conversation with him about whether or not he's going to be willing to waive his no trade clause. So, I mean, I just really like his approach approach from a, a mental standpoint as a player. Like at the end of the day, you still have to go out there and you have to play and you have to perform. And he's proven this season that he's a different guy in terms of his mental resilience and that has really shown up in his play and especially as of late with everything that's swirling around and that has gone on like nothing phases this guy and I mean I also think of it from a flame standpoint like Craig Conroy is not going to make any moves unless he's getting exactly what he wants and he just hasn't obviously gotten those offers yet so i i have a lot of respect and give him a lot of credit in that regard i don't think he's making any moves with jacob markstrom and to a lot lesser extent chris tanev unless he gets exactly what he wants i don't think the same can be said for noah hannafin because at 27 and in the prime of his career everybody knows the flames can't let him walk away from nothing and won't let him walk away for nothing. But I think everybody around the league also understands that Flames aren't trying to trade Jacob Markstrom. They'd be more than happy to have him here for the next couple of seasons. And Chris Tanev at 34, yeah, you want to cash in on that asset. But if you feel like you're at a playoff race and you're not getting the offers you want, I think it's way easier to swallow not trading him than not trading a guy like Hannafin. So... Boy, it's going to be a next uh, next few weeks are going to be awfully interesting around these parts. I can tell you what I my, my belief is that Craig Conroy will trade him. Period. I, I don't think I just if he gets what he wants. Even if he, it, yeah. he even if the deadline comes and he hasn't hit it, I don't think he's going through the deadline. Chris Tanev, that is Tanev, yeah, yeah, Hannafin, yeah. any of these guys. Yeah. It's th- those are the two that are now pending UFAs, right? And so I I I do think he's going to hold out as long as he can to hit his target, like he did with Lindholm, and he nailed that one, right? And if he does, which I still think he will on both Tanev and Hannafin, I really do. But if he doesn't, and it's March eighth. 
I still think even if he hasn't hit his target, he'll still make a move, even if it, it comes in below what the asking price is. I, I feel pretty confident that he won't let these guys walk through the deadline unsigned. Right, but he's going to okay, I should say he's going to do everything he can to absolutely maximize his return. And if the gap is just too big at that point, do you still think he makes those moves if it's a massive gap? I I do myself. Um, I just don't. He's very adamant that he's not letting these guys walk for nothing. And I think that that is – I I think that is central in kind of his approach here. I really do. And I don't think the gap – like – for instance, on Tanev, right? I think they're holding out for a first-round pick. Yeah. And they know they can get a second-round pick and maybe more from other teams. I think they'd be okay trading a second, like getting a second-round pick even if they couldn't get the first, even if they hold out for a while and can't get – like, I think they'd be okay on that. And and I think the same is true with Hannafin. Like, if they don't end up signing him, I don't think the gap in terms of what they're looking for will be so egregious that he won't make the trade anyway, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense, and I, I would agree. But in terms of Jacob Markstrom, like, if it comes down to millions and millions of dollars in salary retention, I yeah. mean, that's tough. Yeah, well, he's the outlier for sure. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I mean – and, and the other thing I wonder about with Markstrom, and we talked about it for 25 minutes on the Flames Roundtable today and didn't really get to this point. We probably could have done another 25 minutes on <laughs> it. <know. laughs> but goaltenders historically yeah. haven't really brought that much back in return. So unless it's some sort of precedent-setting deal, I, I just don't see them making it prior to March 8th. Maybe during the offseason, if they get a little bit longer look at Dustin Wolf at the NHL level this year, but... Goaltenders don't tend to get much, yeah, I, and which makes no sense to me. It's the most valuable position in this sport. You can't win without it. You could argue it's the most valuable position in any sport. But for whatever reason, goaltenders don't tend to bring much back in a trade. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's weird because sometimes they're thought to be replaceable, and yet sometimes it's no. very clear yeah. ask the New Jersey Devils how replaceable <laughs> that is right um, let's select tonight's hardest working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech Canyon's hiring send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com okay Mick which way are you leaning on tonight's hardest working flame well Derek's going to get mad at me well I'm, I'm trying to convince I'm her to not, go with 76 but so I'm not going off stats I'm going okay. off of like gut feeling of what I saw. I like it. Uh, I thought Connor Zary had a really good game. Yeah. Like I just thought that he was. He was he my was, pick. Really? Yeah. So huh. that's what. So I'm I'm on board. Getting it like up he on me was. Again. I mean, <laughs> he didn't have. I looking at his stats. Okay, he had two hits. Like the, so, he was physical. Two shots on net. Like, but stats aside, I just felt like he was really skating, reading the play well, supporting the puck, and when they were getting their offensive opportunities, it was a large part because of his poise and his puck management uh, and just the plays that he was making. So I thought he was skating well, and I just thought positionally he had a, a really strong game. He just he popped out to me uh, for almost the entire game. Nobody popped out to me in the first period except right. for Jacob Markstrom. But uh, after that, it was Connor Zary, so that, he's my pick. That, uh, that flip backhand pass that he made to Rasmus Anderson on the – 
windmill stop that uh, Shesterkin made was pretty darn nice as well. Connor Zeri is the hardest working flame tonight. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Okay, so I got outvoted, but my vote went to Martin Pospisil. A career high eight hits in this hockey game. And he just pissed our Tammy Panarin off from start to finish. And I think it's one of the reasons why the Rangers' best player didn't look like their best player tonight. Pospisil got under his skin. And he is quickly developing a, a reputation around the league for being a guy who's not a lot of fun to play against. And in a game where, unlike in the last few, uh, where the Flames were going pretty much from top to bottom, four forward lines, three pairings, and a goaltender, there were some guys who didn't have the Ray game tonight. But for me, he did what he's been doing almost all season long, and that's find a way to impact this hockey game. So I, I like Connor Zeri. I thought he had a really strong game as well. Uh, I would say the same about Nazem Kadri. Um, but eight heads for Martin Pospisil. That's pretty impressive. Keep it in mind for a little bit later on in our post-game show. Okay. Uh, Flames lose 2-0 to the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. New York sweeps the season series with a couple of regulation wins. Flames have their win streak snapped at four. They come home Thursday to kick off a four-game homestand starting against the San Jose Sharks. Head coach Ryan Huska in just seconds. But first, some final thoughts from a broadcast crew of Derek and Megan, starting with Mick. Yeah, so I'm I'm toggling between, of course, like this was it was a good road trip, right? Coming mm-hmm. home with six of a possible eight points, but I think if you're a player in that dressing room, like you know you need, I know you're not going to win all of them, but you want as many points as you can possibly get, and with the way that they played tonight or did not play the way that they needed to in order to win. As a player, I would still walk away from this game being disappointed. And not because you lost, but just knowing that you didn't play the best game that you can play. And if they're going to have success moving forward, they need to play a lot better over the course of 60 minutes than they did tonight. But, you know, in terms of the road trip, like – They're getting a lot of energy from, I still think that Kuzmenko is making a lot of really strong plays and the numbers support their their shots on goal and their scoring chances, high danger scoring chances. We talked about it on the pregame show, Pat. Uh, Their their numbers look good and – you know, that's that's been a highlight. Really tough to see Peltier going down. It really hurts just the dynamic of the forward group when you go down to 11. Yeah. And he's one of those guys that's come in and has inserted that energy and just that lightness in the dressing room. So it's going to be interesting. Hopefully he is okay. I know we talked to him a couple of times up in the press box while he was out. So, uh, you know, knowing how hard he's worked to come back and the positive impact he had when he did, it's tough to see a guy like him go down. But uh, Braden Pahal has been a, a great addition as well and seeing the chemistry that him and Oliver Shillington are starting to build. I thought Oliver continued to build on his game over the course of this road trip as well. But I guess just as a, a last thought, a game like tonight is – I mean, it's still not good enough. So um, going to need a, a solid performance in playing against the San Jose Sharks team who is, you know, they got a couple players down, hurting, and an opportunity to turn things around and just play a solid 60 minutes at home. Yeah, I mean, I can live with uh, what for all intents and purposes was a one-goal loss to the Rangers. 
And if the Flames were going to win tonight's game at Madison Square Garden, they were going to have to play pretty close to a full 60 minutes. I didn't mind them in the final 40. Didn't love them. Didn't mind them. I didn't like them in the first 20. And that, for me, kind of set the tone in this hockey game. Jacob Markstrom kept it scoreless following the first period. Flames were pretty good defensively against a really talented Rangers team in the last two periods. Give up a goal halfway through the second and then an empty netter to seal the deal late in the third. But uh, one of those games that you'd like to have but maybe don't expect to. Uh, And timing matters. If you lose the first game of this four-game road trip and win the last three, I think you feel really good about yourself going home. But when you win the first three and then lose the last one, a bit of a bitter taste in your mouth, which, quite frankly, might not be a bad thing for the Flames with the Sharks coming into town on Thursday night. You don't want to take them or anybody else in this league too lightly as the Flames have learned the hard way a handful of times. And, Megan, to your point, uh, not only do the Flames lose the hockey game, they lose Jacob Peltier. Uh, I'm not a doctor, and I've learned not to play one on the radio, but to just looking at his body language, I'm hoping that it's not serious. And again, he takes a a big hit from one of the biggest hitters in the league in Jacob Truba. And the principal point of contact appeared to be the same left shoulder that he had surgically repaired after he injured it in the preseason. But when I watched him skate off the ice, down the tunnel towards the Flames dressing room, he was moving his left arm around. He didn't look like he was in a lot of discomfort. So... Maybe I'm reading too much into that. He didn't return to the game. I don't want to read too much into that either, but I'm just, my fingers are crossed for Jacob Peltier. They certainly could have used him tonight because uh, for me, the biggest reason, maybe outside of Jacob Markstrom, why they won the first three games of this road trip was because they rolled four lines and three pairings. And that is how this team is built to win. So when you lose one of your 12 forwards in the first period of a hockey game, it doesn't allow you to do that with your group up front. So, Still a good trip. You get six out of eight points. The only loss was to the Metropolitan Division-leading Rangers, who now have the longest winning streak in the NHL at five games. So, again, you'd rather win the game, but I think you can swallow a loss to that team. And now you got to bounce back. you got an opportunity to do that against the Sharks as you start a four-game homestand on Thursday. And uh, we'll see if the Flames can get back in the win column uh, a few nights from now. See you on Thursday, friends. Have a uh, good rest of your uh, good rest of your Monday. Thanks, good night. Pat. Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson signing off on on this Monday night following a Flames 2-0 loss against the New York Rangers. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska. He just finished post-game at Madison Square Garden. Coach, how would you uh, assess tonight from your perspective? Uh, really slow start. I thought we were they were skating, we weren't in the first period, and um, uh, Jacob kept us in the game in the first period for sure. I thought we got a little bit better as the game went on, but um, their goaltender played well too tonight. He made some good saves at key times for them. Especially late, uh, you know, yeah. Taking the Coleman chance. Yeah, he made a couple saves. I mean, it wasn't the game that we we envisioned getting off to the start. We did, um, but because your goaltender allows you to hang around a game, it gave us a chance, and that's um, all you can ask for out of your goaltending. What's the update on Jacob Belcher? I don't have one right now, Eric. I haven't talked to Kent yet. Look, look bad to you or no it didn't no to be quite honest so I, I'm not sure I haven't talked to him but that's just for me standing on the bench yeah you guys talked about how you know they, they had that discussion inside the locker room that you know given what Jacob had, had done through mm-hmm. 40 minutes just about trying to find him one there late is that you know kind of fair that you felt that mentality from from the group there sure I mean we've talked about it already he kept us in the first period like they were they were skating they were making plays and we gave them a lot of room to make those plays and we had to rely on him way too much but as I said, it, it got a little bit better as the night went on, just not enough tonight. 
obviously some disappointment, but uh, can you take any solace in a, in a three and one road record here? Yeah, it's these are tough buildings to play in. Um, you're coming home above 500. That's a good thing for us, and we have to make sure that our next game, as we always talk about, is the most important one. Okay, thank you, guys. There you go. That is head coach Ryan Huska post game at Madison Square Garden in Manhattan. Flames fall 2 0 to the New York Rangers. Get your phone calls in now at 403 240 4444. Got a few lines open if you want to chat right now. Give us a call or fire us a text at 960 960 as the Flames finish off this road trip with three wins and one loss. They're back Thursday to kick off a four game road trip, a four game homestand rather, against the San Jose Sharks. Call now, text now. Our Flamestock postgame show is underway live on Sportsnet 960, The Fan, and, of course, on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Flamestock postgame show continues from the downtown studio on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hard fought one, but in the end, uh, the Flames just not enough to get past the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden as we continue along on your Flames Talk postgame show. 2-0 final score. Flames fall to the Rangers to wrap up a successful otherwise road trip. Three wins, one loss, but ends with a loss, so they'll come back a, a little less jovial on that airplane, and uh, the Flames drop back to 25-23 and 5 on the season. I thought the Flames played well for the final 40 minutes. I mean, I, I thought New York played a pretty solid 60-minute game, and, and there, there's no doubt about it. New York is fully deserving of the win. They controlled the vast majority of this hockey game territorially. They had the vast majority of scoring chances through 40 minutes of play, so they were the better team, don't get me wrong. But in saying that, I, the Flames got better as the game went on, and, and I thought that they didn't, uh, you know, they could have been tired, could have easily been one of those nights where you just kind of skip quietly into the night with some fatigue. They didn't allow that. They relied way too much on Jacob Markstrom in the first period, but uh, from that point on, they got their game going. Even after 40 minutes of play when they trailed one nothing, they battled hard in the third. They finally made Shesterkin work. He worked for his shutout in the final 20 minutes of play, so finally was able to get Shesterkin moving a little bit and, and you know really making him dial in, and uh, they, they only allowed the one goal at five on five and the, then the empty netter late in the game so I thought I, I thought it was uh, of the four games the Flames played on this road trip no doubt about it this one was the least impressive really liked the first three and I thought the first three were solid at worst they were solid in fact you could probably make the argument they were great you know impressive whatever adjective you want to use first nine periods of the road trip you really liked what the flames are doing not as not as complete in the 60 minute effort tonight but still not completely bad and so you take a look at the 12 periods the flames played on this road trip i think the body of work you can be pretty impressed by it and now you see what they do against san jose on thursday and now we see what happens trade wise now we see what happens transaction wise between now and when the flames play their next game which isn't until thursday against san jose okay we're a little thin on the phone lines if you want to uh rectify that you're welcome to got a couple lines open if you want to chat some flames hockey this game 
game or big picture at 403-240-4444. The text line filling up, though, at 969-60. Still get your texts in there, but, yeah, a little thinner on the phone line. So if you want to chat, feel free to do so on this early Monday night. No sweat, no pressure if you don't, but definitely you'll throw the phone number out a few more times following a 2 nothing loss. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room, get some post-game reaction from the captain. Here's Michael Backlund after a 2 nothing setback in New York. Maybe just, you know, how would you describe uh, tonight in Spitali? Uh, yeah, Mark could play really well for us. Uh, kept in game first. Um, pretty tight game after that. I mean, they had some, we had some looks too, but uh, we gave up too much than we want. Um, they're a very highly skilled team. Um, but yeah, we had some looks too. Um, it wasn't our best game. We all know that. Um, but it was, it was tight until the end. It's almost a case of you guys running up, knowing what it feels like to run into a hot goalie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know both goalies played really well tonight. Uh, so, um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, they scored one or two more than us. Um, but, yeah, uh, they both played real well. So, can you just talk about uh, the loss of uh, Jacob Pelche? Yeah, yeah. We'll see how it feels uh, tomorrow, but... Um, yeah, losing him in the game uh, hurts us. You know, he's he's coming in, play a lot of energy. He's a great teammate, and he, you know, he's a highly skilled player uh, that works super hard. And uh, yeah, just a great team guy that um, you know they were really excited to have back. And uh, it's too bad he had to leave the game. We'll we'll see how he is moving forward. Is that one where you'd really because of you know the first period and some of the you know ten doll saves you know, Marky did make? Do you feel like that's one of those ones where you'd really love to find him one, find a goal there you know late stages? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, something we talked about in the room, and we weren't happy with their first, but Marky stood on his head and played really well and kept us in. And uh, um, it was a tight game, I thought, in the second and the third. Uh, yeah, uh, so a tough one would have been, uh, you know, uh, really, a really good trip uh, if we could find a way to win this one, but still, a uh, good trip um, coming out of the break. Is that the kind of way you have to look at it, knowing that, uh, you know, you, the position you're in and, and obviously still take, you know, some big steps forward given the road trip? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's hard, loose, and it sucks, but uh, going into this trip, if we say we were going to go 3-1, we would have been pretty happy going into the trip and you know, the teams we were playing coming out of the break, so, um, and winning the game before, so, um, the break, so, um, we played some good hockey, uh, now we got to go home and um, pick it up again. Big picture, I think I think Michael Backlund's bang on. I mean, they, they, that was a pretty good trip against the teams they played, the, the desperate teams and the high-end teams they, they had on the docket here. Flames did pretty well, and I know it doesn't end with a victory, but all things considered, big picture, they go 3-1. and one. They get six of a possible eight points. They keep themselves right in the mix in this Western Conference playoff picture. Um, I, I think at the very least the Flames can look at this road trip and say they played pretty well, and you take the loss, you don't win them all, um, Look, they'll lose again this year. It's it's how you respond to them and not letting it turn into more than just the one, especially when you've got uh, an extremely beatable team like San Jose coming into your building. Now, I say that knowing that the Flames have struggled against teams well below them in the standings this year, last year, recently. Uh, I'm very well aware of that, so by no means am I believing like it's a foregone conclusion. They'll mop the floor with San Jose. 
but that should be a game that they win, knowing where San Jose uh, sits in the Western Conference standings, overall standings. It's on the Flames to make sure they go out and get that done. Uh, phone lines to 403-240-4444. Text line 969-60. Before we get there, save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. Jacob Markstrom started all four games on this road trip, including tonight, and his save of the game comes in period number one. Aaron and Hannafin fight forward in the far corner. Hannafin gets some support from Tanner, who gives it away. Panarin centers, and Markstrom, like Superman, dives to stop Trocheck. Another fantastic save by the Flames goaltender. He was dialed in period number one. Another 10-bell stop in the first 20 for Jacob Markstrom. When it's all said and done, that's one of the 29 stops made by Jacob tonight, and that's his save of the game. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kidsport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. And I'll say the same thing about Jacob, as I said, following the win over the Islanders on Saturday, and that is, this guy deserves to be in the Vesta Trophy conversation. He was dynamite at high danger once again. His uh, overall save percentage entered at, um, what did it enter at? It entered at to 9.15. Tonight he makes 29 on 30. So it'll go up once again, probably into the 9.16 range. His uh, goal saved above expected will go up. His high danger save percentage will go up. No questions asked. Jacob Markstrom has been one of the best goaltenders in the NHL and all, all season long. And the numbers, the raw numbers are starting to catch up. The underlying numbers have been strong all year. And, and it feels like the rest of the league feels like a lot of people, even in this market, who maybe weren't believers, are, are starting to dial in on just how good Jacob has been this year. So uh, he got another outstanding game. Gets a couple of days to rest. We'll see if Dan Vladar is ready to return on Thursday. His first day back being eligible coming off IR is Thursday against San Jose. See if he's ready or if uh, Dustin Wolf remains with the team. Uh, but Jacob Markstrom just continues to give them outstanding net minding. Did so again at Madison Square Garden tonight. Okay, let's get to the text line at 960. 960. Um, this says, with how hard it is to get a goalie in this league, trading Markstrom is stupid. No way. Who cares what you get? You can't keep the puck out of your net. You're finished. Um and, and I understand that line of thinking. I mean, I, I think with the direction the Flames are going and with the faith that they have organizationally in Dustin Wolf, if if they get a really good offer that, that is just, you know, bordering on too much to pass up, I can understand them looking heavily at it and, and maybe making that move because of what you're talking about with Dustin Wolf and, and how highly they think of him. That being said, to trade Jacob Markstrom just for the sake of trading him, that seems silly. And I don't think that Craig Conroy is um, by that is is in that um is in that mindset whatsoever. Not even close, in fact. If it's a great offer, they'll think about it. Otherwise, uh, it's it's not it's not they're not just having these conversations for the sake of having them. A little bit different than Hannafin, a little bit different than Tanev. 
Uh, this reads, uh, Pat, unfortunately tonight wasn't Calgary's night. They didn't seem to have that same intensity. Maybe tired, maybe distracted, hard to say. Markey was on another level tonight, again proving he needs to be re-signed. Hopefully he's on board with a retool. Having Pospisil back is awesome. I love how he plays. They need a bit more grit on the ice at times. I don't think Calgary was outplayed, but I think Calgary just underworked, if that makes any sense. Um as uh, on the Markstrom front, he is signed for the next two years, so the the right word would probably be retained as opposed to being re-signed. But yeah, we'll see where this thing goes with Jacob Markstrom. It's going to be really interesting to see how things play out. This reads: They need to trade Tanev, and once again, another heart-stopping moment. If you're a Flames fan, uh, even more so if you're Craig Conroy, when late in the first period, Chris Tanev went hard into the net. That looked bad. He was holding his arm. Of course, he played through it. Of course, he finished the game. Of course, he played 21-34. And once again, no worse for wear, at least the way it looks on the outside. I'm sure underneath those pads is a little more worse for wear than, you know, sitting in a um, sitting in a chair and talking into a microphone all day. I, I feel like there might be a little bit more physical wear and tear on Tanev's body compared to my job. But, yeah, he was still able to go out there and – um, finish off the game, which is really impressive. But I get it. I get it, the, uh, the, the line of thought that says they have to stop rolling that guy out there and they have to move him. I get it. They're holding out for a first-round pick at this point. We'll see if they end up getting it. Um, this reads... Truba, like Colasar in Vegas, is a game changer, series changer, maybe career changer, and franchise builder. It's a game of inches. For me, the game-winning goal was worthy of being disallowed. NHL Player of the Week got no respect um, as a rookie hacks and whacks him in his own crease. Terrible. Um, And I think the only thing that could have been – the only thing that could have been – challenged, challenge is the wrong word, but the only thing that could have been discussed on the Will Cooley goal, and it's kind of moot because the Flames didn't score a goal themselves, but the only thing that could have been discussed on the Will Cooley goal in the second period was should they have blown the whistle, uh, did they lose sight of the puck, that type of thing, uh, and that's always the intent to blow rule, and if the official never intended to blow the whistle, then it's not getting overturned. If if he did and the puck goes in, they can go back and review it, and, and they can retcon it and say, no, I, um, I I wanted to blow the whistle there and didn't blow the whistle, but, it's, but in this case, that wasn't the case, so uh, it was a game of inches tonight no doubt about it and uh, the Rangers worked just a little bit harder for their two inches that ended up uh, getting past the goal line as opposed to the Flames uh, but a close game especially after the first 20 minutes of play. Ash writes would have been nice to sweep the road trip, but I think the Flames just ran out of gas. I'm predicting this will be Tanev's last game as a Flame. Before Thursday, I'm predicting Dallas will be acquiring him for a second-round pick, Maverick Bork, and a roster player like Foxa. That seems like a heck of a... Um, that gives a, that feels like a heck of a package. If they could get that for Tanev, I think you're okay with not getting a first-round pick. I don't know if he gets you that type of return, but... A second-round pick plus wouldn't surprise me. As it stands right now, I think the Flames are holding out to get a first-round pick. I think the Flames are holding firm to their philosophy here, which is we've got a price that we believe player X or player Y is worth, and when we get it, we'll pull the trigger on a deal. Until that point, we won't, um, and we'll wait until we get it. Now, I do think that they will 
wait to a point. I don't think they'll let this, and I don't think Craig Conroy will let this get past the trade deadline, even if he doesn't get exactly what he wants. Uh, and the GM is prepared to still make a deal on these players, but the patience has paid off to this point. Paid it, it really paid off on Lindholm, and they made a really good deal there. And and let's see how this continues to play out with Noah Hannafin and with Chris Tanev. Uh, the text line remains open at 960-960, and the phone lines are open. Hey, it's a thin night on the feedback, uh, the feedback mediums, period. Text line a little quieter than normal. The phone line's a little quieter than normal. If you want to talk some flames on your Flames Talk postgame show, you can do so right now. Now at 403-240-4444 or get your text in at 960-960. If you don't, that's fine too. Uh, but let's get to the phone lines for the first time tonight at 403-240-4444. Flames lose 2-0 to the New York Rangers as a Flames Talk postgame is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. George is first up tonight. What's up, George? Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Good to hear, my friend. Another night, another Markstrom performance. I mean, he was incredible again tonight. And uh, you know what? I agree with you. I didn't even really think about it until you mentioned it. But I think he should be in the Vesna conversation at this point. I know a lot of uh, people, especially that don't see him, like out east, would be like, wow, no, we didn't hear a thing about him in the first half of the season. But, I mean, geez, he's been remarkable. Like He's easily been a top three goalie since he's come back from that injury easily and and probably overall he has been this year i mean hellebuck demko hill uh swayman have all been kind of the the gold standard for goalies this year linus allmark's having another really good year but markstrom is right with them um you know you go take a look at a lot of different metrics high danger save percentage is is one or two in the league um or, or top three at worst in the league. His goal saved above uh, expected is either top four, depending on which model you look at, or number one. Money Puck's got him four. Evolving Hockey has got him one. Going into this game, and it'll definitely go up tonight, his goal saved above expected 15.7, which means he's saved uh, or, 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 or kept almost 16 goals out compared to the way the team has played in front of him. Um, and that that's number four overall in the league. That's contributed, again, going into tonight to uh, 2.62 um, wins above replacement or wins above expected. So almost three full wins the Flames have gotten out of Jacob Markstrom solely this year. So, look, Connor Hellebuck's having a hell of a year. Thatcher Demko is, is probably going to win the Vesna. Just my gut tells me he's the guy who wins it because of how good Vancouver's been this year. And Aiden Hill is a Stanley Cup winner and is following that up with a dynamite season but he's also played a whole lot less so I, I i think jacob markstrom absolutely at the very very worst belongs in this conversation for one of the top three to six goalies in the nhl this year he's been dynamite i agree 100 percent. and it's been it's become public knowledge here that new jersey is one of the teams that has Serious interest, in they, him. and they've had interest in him remain. for they've had interest in him for months, George. Like they've been chasing Very that true. guy for a long time. Just seems like maybe the the chats got even more serious, or or New Jersey. It sounds like maybe came to the table with a better effort uh, and a better offer on uh, last week at some point. Well, but that's because they found out firsthand <laughs> up front and close in their old building what that guy can do, right? So that probably helped. 
But I'll remain steadfast that if you're if you are going to trade him, that that's an offseason move. I, I'm sticking with my guns personally on that because I think you have more options and definitely less of a chance to retain any salary at all in that contract since we do have him for another two seasons after this. So I, I remain steadfast on that. I just like again, if if a team like New Jersey or I don't care, another team comes up with a, an, an offer that you absolutely cannot refuse, then I maybe change my tune a little bit on that. But I just think you can get more from him, more for him in the off season. And I guess we'll uh, see how that plays out. Um, and and I don't honestly think George, the Flames are in any significant hurry to move him. In fact, I don't even know if they are looking to move him at all. I think ideally they probably like the idea of having Markstrom remain part of this thing and, and having him uh, help Dustin Wolf along. I, I think there's a lot of wisdom to that, and I think the Flames would be just fine if that's the way things went. But at the other hand, you know, Jacob's got a say in this too in terms of what does he want? Does, does is, is he cool with sticking around for a team that is, is going to go a little younger? And I'm not suggesting that they're going to tank or purposely be bad or anything like that but they're definitely already in the process of getting younger and and transitioning a little bit so is he cool with that or at his age with two years left on this contract does he want to go and and maybe chase something elsewhere I, I don't know the answer to that but it's one that the flames are, are going to absolutely get an answer for in the next little while here yeah 100 percent. there's going to be many many questions and Answers will be soon to follow. It's going to be, again, the key word for this franchise as a whole this season is interesting, and it's another interesting situation we find ourselves in. Um, if this game in particular, Patty, showed me anything, it's that this organization definitely needs to build down the middle. Uh, center, center depth is definitely an issue right now. And, uh, you know, as much as they give a lot of the workload to Kadri and, and Backlund, and rightfully so, they definitely like if they can do anything with whatever picks they get in this upcoming draft. And I know it's a weaker draft. I wonder if they, if those scouts are really looking hard at that position, because that's something we need to, to build on quickly. And whether it's you draft those players or whether you get them via trade uh, in a similar fashion that we've got Bruce DeWitt's on D, if you can get a, a good center prospect prospect back in a trade, it's something they need to shore up here because I feel like we're really weak at that position right now. Yeah, and I think uh, the the best potential way to do that outside of the draft, which which I agree with, I think the best potential way to uh, facilitate that would be in a Noah Hannafin trade specifically. If if that ends up coming to pass, I think um, targeting a center in the return there might be the way to go, similar to how the Flames targeted a young D-man in the Lindholm trade. Maybe it's a, a, a young center they can try to go after in a Hannafin trade. And, and let's be honest, the, the more that – I'm not saying that the door is completely closed on Hannafin coming back, but the more this goes along and the more we hear that they're waiting for an answer from them, the more that it feels like – this thing might be heading in the direction of of a trade and him telling them that, you know, as much as he's liked it here, loved it here, that um, signing with the team long-term isn't the way it's going to go. That, that you know, that, that comes on gut feel. That comes just some conversations I've had over the last few days. But again, I don't think the door is closed on it either. It just feels like it's moving more and more towards the, the, the trade being the more likely thing. If you're a Flames fan hoping for uh, Hannafin to stay, 
which I understand why you might be. Um, I, I'm not saying that the, the ship has sailed on that. Just the more that time goes on, the more it feels like that might be the way this thing goes. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. The door seems like it's it's more shut than open. I agree. And, and honestly, if and when the time comes when they do have to trade both Hannafin and Tanev, that's when I really think it's going to really affect the team uh, on the ice. It's just the way they've both been playing this year is going to hurt them back there. There's no question about it. I give Oliver Shillington all the credit in the world. It looks like every game he is getting better and better, mm-hmm. but I just don't think he can he can step into those shoes right now, into the Hannafin shoes anyway, the way that he's been playing, the offense he's been producing. And, uh, I mean, I hope I'm proven wrong. But uh, I just I just think they're going to start losing more games than they're going to win once those two players are off this roster. And 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 if that was the case, I think everybody would understand why. Because if if oh, yeah. and, and who who knows what the um, like who who knows what would potentially come back in a deal, uh, so that might change things a little bit in terms of what the Flames receive. Like maybe the uh, an NHL player they get in a deal is is able to help stem the tide a little bit, at least for one of those guys moving. But yeah, I mean the the Hannafin. Tanev pairing has been Calgary's best this year from a steady standpoint. It's been the one that has been the the most used. It's it's been the one that has spent the most time together, and it's it's probably given them Calgary's steadiest play all year long. So there's no doubt that if both those guys do end up getting traded, it's it's going to be noticeable back there what the Flames are missing because of as as you said how important those guys have been. All you know for their entire ten years, but this even this season even more so. Yeah, absolutely. And and in saying that, I support Conroy's decision completely. There's no way he can let anybody here walk as a free agent. It just can't happen. You have to get assets back. Uh, you know, no matter what they are. But I have uh, I have utter confidence that he's going to get, if not what he wants, close to what he wants. So I think it will work out. I think long term it will work out better for the Flames anyway because this season. It's going to be really tough. Like I, I again, they've been playing better. I've enjoyed watching them here lately, but they need to win a lot more than they lose right now. And that's just, that's just that's a tall order of of water to order. You know, I mean, it's, it's it's a very tall task. It's going to be very difficult. So, you know, we could talk about tanking draft position. Forget all that. I have an idea where they're going to draft. It's probably going to be in the upper echelon of the ten to fourteen range. And it is what it is at this point. But you know, you want to accrue assets as many draft picks as you can, as many great prospects as you can, and then you go from there. So, um, you know, you want to call it a retool? It's better than, you know, 20 years ago or they wouldn't even go that far and, and have this fallacy in their minds that we have these players and we're just going to keep going for it every year. That doesn't work either. So I'm glad they're doing something, you know, relevant into shaping this franchise into something different. Right. Yep, and, and I think that they are, are pretty – you you use the word steadfast earlier. I'll uh, steal it from you. I think that they're pretty steadfast in their direction. They know what they 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 know what they're doing. They know that there is a longer term goal than just this season, and that doesn't mean that there's going to ever be any waving the white flag on this season inside or outside that room. But they also are are I believe fully ready to make longer term decisions for this organization even if it means saying goodbye to some really important players who have been big-time contributors over the last number of years. 
Absolutely. Well, my friend, it was a wonderful chat we had tonight. Um, I hope you're doing well, and we'll we'll talk very soon. All right, George, good to hear from you, man. Uh, talk soon as the phone lines remain open at 403-240-4444 as the Flames fall 2-0 to the New York Rangers on this Monday night at Madison Square Garden. Next up, we say hello to Nick. What's going on, Nick? Welcome to our Flames Talk postgame show. Hi, Pat. Um, long-time listener, first-time caller. Welcome so aboard. Excited to be here. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, I just, um, I guess, I just want to add on to your previous discussion, and also just get your thoughts on, you know, with with Raz, or sorry, with Chris Tanev's uh, contract coming up, to you're looking to trade him. Would it actually be the worst thing for us to just ride him out through the rest of the season? And going back to what Rasmus Anderson had said earlier in the season, saying about how he feels that Chris Tanner should be untouchable for what he does bring into the room and how well he does with the rookies that are on the team this year. Do you think that there's a situation where the assets that we would get in return for Chris Tanner would be less than the impact that he would have on the team for the remainder of the season and the culture that he could bring? I think it is a extremely fair question, Nick. I really do, and I, I think that there's a lot um, th- there's a lot of wisdom in the in, in the conversation about that because Chris Tanev is such a culture guy. Here's here's the reason why at this point I don't think so. My read would be I don't think so in terms of where the Flames are. I don't think there would be a situation where they would look at it and say the value of him staying, even if they're losing him at the end of of the season is more than what they could get for him in a trade. The reason why I would say no to that is is mainly because I don't think there's a lot of confidence that the Flames and Tanev will be extending beyond this year. And so because of that, as good as he as good as he is with young players, as good as he is with D partners, as strong as he is at elevating players around him I I also think the feel is that they can't the asset is too sought after and the chances of him remaining with the team are unlikely that they feel like it would be poor asset management if they didn't pull the trigger on a deal and I that's kind of where I am on it too but I I totally understand the question I do because that's the type of culture guy Chris Tanev is that you can have these conversations about a pending UFA and and he's that important to a room he's that important to a team he he sets a standard for teammates in such a significant way that you know you can have this conversation and and have it really credibly Nick and and it's it's not just a pipe dream it's not just um blindly looking at a player that's how much he that's how much he means to this team yeah and i i guess when uh when we're all here speculating about what chris tenev would bring back it just seems like it almost could be a far like almost a pipe dream from all of these things that people are saying you know a second and plus this and a plus that like the reality is is that that chris tenev is going to be a rental for what maybe 25 28 games potentially potentially depending on who depending on who acquires him right well yeah and that's you know i mean we're we're all cringing at the tv every single time chris danov does anything because 
it almost feels like it could be his last period at any given moment with his age and how he just fully commits to whatever he's doing. It just, it seems like, you know, other teams have obviously got to know that after this season, you'd have to expect his, his impact to be on a steep decline going forward. So anything that he's going to sign for, it's going to be short term for little amount of money. And, and who knows, you know, he could, it could be game one of the first contract and he could break his arm and he's done. But at the same and time, he's barely be, missed any. He's barely missed any time as a member of the Flames. And, and that's fair. That's also been an anomaly throughout the rest of his career. It has been, but sometimes that happens. Like sometimes you're a and and look, I, I was going to use the term band aid, but that does not count when it comes to Tanev. Um, that guy's not a band aid. That guy just puts himself in such harm's way that. Um, you know, inevitably he's going to get hurt. But, you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you have more injuries at one stretch of a career, and then all of a sudden it, it turns the other way for a while. Like, you know, sometimes it can be really random in that regard. And so I, I'm not suggesting that Chris Tanev is, is going to be an 82 games a season guy for whoever he's playing with going forward but I just I don't think it needs to be a foregone conclusion that a team acquiring him is just going to see a rapid decline starting next season you know and then I I guess secondly I I, I really want the Flames to re-sign Hannafin I mean the, the the immediate effect that Hannafin has on the team in terms of how many minutes he plays the guy skates like buttery smooth he's always making in really good plays no defensemen's without their gaps or their faults but Hannafin I feel we 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 don't appreciate what how much he brings to the team until he's gone because all of a sudden our whole second pairing is going to be gone we're going to have this giant gaping hole in our lineup and players like maybe Pahal and Shillington are going to have to step up but who's then going to be the third pairing? And, you know, Austerly has been Austerly. And, you know, we really felt De Simone gone. But but with with our whole second pairing potentially on the chopping block, how, how is that going to affect the up-and-comers? Let's say Jeremy Poirier finally maybe gets it in, gets in a few games throughout the season. Do we really want him to go out on regular season games and get shelled? I I um so, I understand what you're saying. I do, um, and again, I think I think it makes a lot of sense. The only problem is Nick is that it kind of isn't just up to the Flames anymore. You know, I understand, and it's really unfortunate just to you know I guess fall in love with a player that you know is just a, such a quality player in the the minute that he's gone, you're out there searching for that player. And I get it, but I, I do think at the very le- and I, I, I fully understand that, um, but I do think at the very least you can take solace in the fact that I think Craig Conroy and the Flames have taken a really good shot at bringing Hannafin back if he does end up leaving, which isn't a foregone conclusion at this point. It, it, it feels more likely at this point than maybe it has at any point just because of where we are and the fact that you know there's enough out there that suggests the flames are looking for an answer from him but 
you know, I, the, the, the window isn't completely or the door isn't completely closed on that as it stands right now. And so I, I think at the very least, if that's the way it ends up going and he does end up getting traded because there is no contract extension to be had, I think at the very least you, you can be confident that Craig Conroy and the Flames did their best to keep him and put a you know, more than fair offer on the table for him and that despite so, Calgary's best efforts, they just weren't able to convince him to stay. So do you, you believe then on, on the organizing front that they are much more keen on trying to keep him than, than shop him? Yes, absolutely. I, I believe if the Flames, be I believe if the Flames had it their way, there's no question what the uh, outcome here would be. Um, I think that if the Flames had their druthers and if they made the decision solely, Hannafin would be coming back. The problem is, is that Noah's a pending unrestricted free agent. Obviously, knows that, and he's got the opportunity to make a decision for himself, and so. That includes potentially not re-signing with Calgary. We'll see how this goes. Okay. Uh, and I guess the last thing I just want to say is, you know, Markstrom. Markstrom is everything that we've been looking for since Mika Kiprasov. I mean, I was just a teenager when Mika Kiprasov was literally holding the Flames up above water every single game. You go back and look at his record and. This guy was, this guy was playing seventy-one games or seventy-five games out of the yep. seasons, and we've never, ever, ever had goaltending that clutch and with that much reliability ever. And Markstrom has been the closest thing to that since. And if we're going to bring up a you know a potential all-star like Dustin Wolf, I would want nobody other than someone of Markstrom's caliber training him, showing him the road showing him how to do it. I mean, Dan Blazard, no disrespect to the guy. He's a, obviously an NHL goalie, and he'll be better at NHL goalie things than I'll ever even imagine I could be. So I don't really have much in terms to say or how to criticize him, but he's got just as many shaky moments as he does, if not more, than he does his good moments. So if there's anyone to shop or even just let walk or, or let his contract go because you can't chop him, like, you got to bring up Dustin Wolf. You have to know what he is, and you want him trained by someone like Jacob Marstrom. Fair enough, Nick. I appreciate the call tonight, man. Good stuff, hey? Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. I'm calling you from Salmon Arm, British Columbia. Uh, born and raised in Calgary, moved out here. I follow the Flames religiously, so go Flames go, and thanks for listening. Thanks, man. Keep listening to the podcast. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it, buddy. Call back any time as the Flames fall 2-0 to the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden on this Monday night. Phone lines are thin tonight, so give us a call. You won't get a busy signal at 403-240-4444. Text line remains open at 960-960 as well. Let's say hello to our buddy Anand on this Monday night. What's going on, Anand? Good evening, Patty. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, doing good. Yeah, tough hot game tonight, uh, especially yeah, you've been talking about yeah, the first period wasn't so great, uh, but then the second and third period, they tried to f- uh, fight back, and that was great. A uh, few thoughts for you, and maybe a couple of questions, if you don't mind. So first thought, uh, Jacob Pelcher, I hope he's all right and hope he can recover soon. It's... Uh, 
If in case he said, okay, what do you think would happen to the fourth line? Do you think any call-ups we can see soon? Potentially there would be a call-up, yeah. And uh, they've got Schwint as their extra forward right now, so they'd probably put him in right away. And then, yeah, probably um, go the recall route uh, to the American League. What do you say would be a likely, would you see Matt Coronado or Amelie? Uh, probably not Coronado would be my guess. Um, you'd probably be looking at um, a, a guy that profiles as a fourth line for as a fourth line forward. So I would say unlikely that it would be Coronado that they would... Um, that they would recall. Um, I think maybe it would be more likely one of the guys that is, they might look left shot, they might not look left shot, um, but more likely one of the guys that um, is a little bit more profiling as a, as a fourth line guy, whether that's a, a Ben Jones, um, somebody like that, maybe they would think about doing Clark Bishop. Somewhere somewhere in that range is the, the type of guy they, they might look at, I think. That would, but that is that is just a guess, and and off the off the top of my head, that I haven't checked in on that one or anything. So that would just you know, be a guess. Yeah. But I I would doubt Coronado just because they don't want to bring Matt up, play him on the fourth line. They would much rather have Coronado playing big minutes with the Wranglers and helping them score as opposed to you know playing a much lesser role with the Flames. Andre got it. All right, my next question, almost um, identical to the HL, but um, Dustin Wolf, uh, do you know how close maybe Vladar is returning back to the lineup, or do we know anything about that? We we don't know for sure. Um, I don't think it is anything significant. Um, so the earliest he can return is... Thursday's game against San Jose so we'll see if he practices Vladar that is if he practices on Wednesday morning they won't practice on Tuesday so the next time we'll have an opportunity to see Dan would be on Wednesday morning so we'll see if he practices Wednesday for the Flames and then if he practices Wednesday pretty good chance that he'd then be activated for the game Thursday against San Jose and and would um, just move right back into his spot at number two on the depth chart. Okay, gotcha. And uh, from the previous caller, Nick, when he was talking about he like, I also kind of like the uh, route if they go like uh, keep Jacob Mushroom and then probably uh, keep Dustin Wolf as well, where Mushroom can mentor Wolf. What do you think a situation could look like if Vlada to be traded? What return could possibly he get? Any idea? Well, before before I go there, the one thing that you got to yeah. remember on Markstrom is is that what he wants? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Jacob Markstrom is what 33 years old. He's only got yeah. two years left on this deal. Is is that what he wants? And is being the the mentor to a younger goalie and and you know being part of a rebuilding group or a, a retooling group team going younger is that what Jacob wants because you know Jacob is dialed on on one thing and that is winning and so if all of a sudden Calgary is I, I don't think Calgary is going to tank or do anything like that by any means yeah. but if they do continue getting younger which I fully believe they will continue to do. Um, then, then you got to remember that you know, at his age and driven by winning, and and that's really the only thing that drives Jacob in his NHL career. It's it's really impressive how competitive and how dialed he is on those things. 
Does he want to be a part of a team that in the final two years of his contract might be taking a step back? And if the answer to that question is no, well then, you know, I, I think there's a decent chance that there might even be a conversation had where he tells the Flames that maybe it's it's better for him to, to move on and they should think about, uh, and, and maybe the two sides should think about going in their different directions. Not in a bad way, not in a I don't want to be here anymore way or I don't like Calgary, more in a hey, what's the best thing for me now in my career? So that's that's the other thing that I think is really important. And, and, but on, on Vladar, um, at this point, I think if you could get a third-round pick, you'd be really happy. I'm not sure if they will be able to do that. Might have to be more in a fourth or fifth-round pick kind of conversation if uh, they are moving Dan Vladar. All right, gotcha. All right, thanks so much, Pat, uh, for the chat and answering my questions. Uh, thanks for answering my text last time as well. I got in a quick sneak moment to uh, text in during work. So thank you. I appreciate that. Have a good night and talk to you on Thursday. Uh, good stuff, Anne, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Have a good night. You as well. 403-240-4444 is your phone number as the Flames fall 2-0 to the New York Rangers on this Monday night at Madison Square Garden. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk postgame show. Phone lines are open. 403-240-4444. Got a couple of lines open. Uh, one line buzzing right now. So keep your calls coming. But right now, let's head back inside the Flames locker room and hear from Blake Coleman postgame following his team's 2-0 setback to New York. It was a hell of a game by Marky. Uh, he was our best player all night, and sucks we couldn't uh, pull one out for him. Yeah, as Max was just saying, you talked about it in between periods, but just one word, you'd really like to find him find him a goal at some point in that game. Yeah, he deserved it. He uh, kept us in all night. Um, you know, they get a kind of ugly one, and um, you know, nothing he could have done that either. So uh, more so disappointed, we just didn't help him out. He... He was uh, incredible all night. You had those two chances late on, Igor. What did you see on those shots? I just needed to open up quicker. Um, yeah, I didn't like my first shot, but in the rebound, I thought I could get up over him. And um, you know, he's a good goalie. He's quick, but uh, yeah, if I just if I open up a little bit quicker, I knew that I knew the hand he could make that play. So uh, it's on me. I need to be in the net. How tough is it, uh, knowing what he just went through the last four months, to see uh, Jacob go back down with a with an upper body injury? Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not too serious. Obviously, he's um, he's a great kid. He's you know a ton of fun to be around, and um, he makes a big difference in our room. So um, I don't know much about it yet, but obviously, we're all hoping for the best for him. Did you feel you know in this case, obviously, you know New York, you get, they had a few chances, few looks in the first, but did you feel it was more on you guys or, or something that they were doing tonight? Uh, we just weren't good enough. Um, Obviously, we had a chance to sweep the road trip and, um, you know, put ourselves in a really good spot. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it wasn't our night tonight. Marky, like I said, gave us a chance in a game that we didn't deserve. But, um, you know, we'll take three wins on the trip. We won't sit on this one and we'll go home and take care of business. Would you consider this road trip a success? Yeah, I mean, you go on into this trip, some good teams, and I think you you've, uh, say you're going to go 75 percent on the trip I think you take that uh, all day um, you know but losing this one just means like I said we got to make up the ground somewhere else so uh, time to take care of it at home that is Blake Coleman post game in New York and you know that's that's a that's a good message I think the Flames should be 
big picture. And, and Mackenzie Weger told us the same thing live from Madison Square Garden. You know, I think you should be content's the wrong word. I think you should feel good about the overall road trip. Played some good teams um, and took six of a possible eight points, won three of four, and then ran into a really good Rangers team and weren't able to beat them. I, I think you can feel good about the way that the, the team played if you're in that locker room. And But I, I think I think the message there from Blake Coleman is, is really important too, that, you know, Okay, played well, but didn't finish it. Need wins, so got to go back home and make sure that this one's flushed right away and they can get right back to, to being on the right side of things results-wise when they take on San Jose on Thursday and for the rest of the road trip. So I think it's a good message from Blake Coleman. His thoughts post-game following this one tonight uh, in New York. Uh, phone lines are open. Got a few on hold right now. Uh, you can still get in at 403-240-4444. You can still get your texts in at 960-960 as well. As uh, we continue along in your Flamestock post-game show, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast two nothing final flames lose to the new york rangers it's time to select tonight's player with heart brought to you by heart fit clinic and uh hey the the seed was planted by wilsey and and i think he makes a good point mick uh mick went with my choice for hardest working flame and i thought that you know Connor Zaries was one of the most dangerous players on the ice tonight. He was the hardest working flame earlier, but right there with him on the other side of that line, and Nazem Kadri had a great night, but Martin Pospisil was an impact maker all night in this game. You know, maybe not so much on the stat sheet. Played 15 minutes and 21 seconds. Uh, took two penalties, four penalty minutes. Only had the one shot attempt but it was the career-high eight hits to lead all players in this game. Also had a block shot, went one for two in the face-off dot, but those eight shot blocks, uh, sorry, those uh, eight hits from Martin Pospisil, usually I could care less about the hits category in the NHL, but when Pospisil plays the way he does, finishes checks the way he does, and gets under the skin of players like he does, yeah, he makes an impact, and I thought he made an impact in this game tonight. No doubt about it. Martin Pospisil is your player with heart tonight, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. For HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office, visit heartfit.ca. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time. Check in with Rasmus Anderson post game following tonight's 2 0 loss to the Rangers. How would you sum up uh, the game tonight? Uh, tough start tough second period um you know third we're trying to push uh i mean maybe last five ten minutes uh i don't know pretty bad game from our side marky i thought marky it's five six nothing maybe how tough is it to see a guy like pelche go down yeah it's brutal um you know we all love the kid he's a he's a great guy and brings so much energy to our room and um it's uh, it sucks uh, hopefully he'll be all right is this the night where you kind of look at yourselves more, or was there something that uh, the Rangers? Uh, we, no, we were just we, we came off flat. We uh, our first period of flat. I mean, how many great days did Marky save in the first, uh, second period? I mean, maybe a little bit better, but still not good enough. And then, you know, third, obviously for them to have a one goal lead, and we started to push a little bit and uh, get a few good looks, but don't manage to get it in. And um, it was just uh, just one of those nights where. Uh, we're, we're, that was one good player in our team. There you go. That's uh, J- that's uh, Rasmus Anderson on Jacob Markstrom and more post-game on the road in New York. Uh, that's our final look inside the Flames locker room.
we heard live to kick off our Flames Talk postgame show from Mackenzie Weger from Madison Square Garden. Plus, you've heard from Blake Coleman, Michael Backlund, Rasmus Anderson, and, of course, head coach Ryan Huska. Comprehensive postgame coverage you don't get it anywhere else other than right here on your Flames Talk postgame show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan and wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to look ahead. Looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient immune system to battle cancer visit oncolyticsbiotech.com and next up for the flames thursday night they kick off a four-game homestand against the san jose sharks that's a seven o'clock face-off on sportsnet one on thursday night funny enough first of three meetings uh, the flames have not played the sharks this year first of three matchups with san jose flames swept last year's season series going four and oh against san jose all four wins coming in regulation overall calgary's won their last five head-to-head games with the sharks so they'll try to keep that going on thursday night the homestand continues saturday afternoon against detroit that's a two o'clock start and then a week from today, Monday afternoon against Winnipeg, also a 2 o'clock start. So a 7 o'clock against San Jose to start it off and then a pair of 2 o'clocks, Detroit on Saturday, Winnipeg on Monday as the homestand continues starting on Thursday. Four games at home after a four-game road trip. There you go. That's Looking Ahead brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, Visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Back to the text line at 960-960. And lots to get to there. This says, Pat, what are the chances of Manjapani getting bundled in a deal and what would he get for the Flames? Well, I don't think that is completely out of the question. I still wonder if between now and the deadline, or maybe not so much the deadline, not out of the question, but also between now and the start of next season, if another one of those forwards might be moved out. And Manjapani is one of the guys that I think about. Um, I, I think that there there could be an argument made that um, it's not like Manjapani's been bad. And you know how big of a fan I am of number 88. So this is not me trying to suggest that um, he should be moved or they should get rid of him or anything like that, but you just wonder a little bit if, you know, it hasn't been as strong offensively the last little bit. Maybe a change of scenery could help in the final year of his deal. Uh, he'll be uh, he'll be an unrestricted free agent at the end of next year. Don't forget about that. So I wonder if that plays into the conversation. Um, I, I think that you could get a decent return for him, whether it is at the deadline or, or in the summertime. Probably more of a chance of retention in, in the summertime. Um, but I, I don't think it's out of the question, whether it's Manjapani or Kuzmenko or another one of the the forwards in the top top nine that moved out to to make room for some more youth going into next season. I don't think it's completely out of the question um, if you're the Flames. This comes from Rick in Lakeview. Uh, if not a truly thorough game, it was yet another solid effort bookending a fantastic launch out of the All-Star break. My sentiments, get Tanev and or Hannafin deals done to further reduce noise and move forward. Don't trade Markstrom until seeing what's going on for next year. A conspicuous need on the team now and moving forward is physicality. Very little deterrence for upcoming uh, for opposing troublemakers rather. Gone are Goodbranson, Richie, Lucic, and Zadorov in or Gilbert when he plays 
plays Greer and perhaps Pahal. Young, smallish players in the mix especially need more comfort. Looking forward to San Jose. Go New Look Flames. Go. That comes from Rick in Lakeview. This reads, Vesna for Markstrom. Hey, tough sell if the Flames miss the playoffs, even though he's having a fantastic season. Yeah, I'm not even necessarily suggesting that he should be, needs to be, or will be uh, a Vesna Trophy finalist because you're right, if the Flames miss the playoffs, it, it is a tough sell. I'm not necessarily expecting it, nor even pushing for it. All I'm saying is that the metrics suggest that he has been one of the best goaltenders in the NHL this year. The metrics suggest that he could very well be in the Vesna Trophy conversation if you know, if if that's the way it goes. With Aiden Hill and Thatcher Demko and Jeremy Swayman and uh, I'm missing one now. Oh, Connor Hellebuck. Um, th- those guys probably have a better chance of being Vesna Trophy finalists. All I'm saying is that Jacob's metrics put him right there with those guys and he deserves to be talked about once again as one of the league's best goaltenders because he has been. Uh, this reads two questions. What I don't understand is why Markstrom's value would be higher in the offseason. Isn't the trade deadline the place to take advantage of desperate teams? Two, if Hannafin decides to stay and accept the team's offer, is that actually best for them? Couldn't they get way more for him than what they have with him staying? Number one, um, I think the biggest reason why you might wait and why there might be, and in my eyes, I think there could be, more uh, more value in the offseason on the Markstrom front is because I think you have more teams that would be engaged and interested. I think it's harder for teams to take on a $6 million goaltender in season as opposed to the offseason when, you know, contracts run out and salary caps don't exist and you have time to flex your cap around different acquisitions. So that's why I think there's a better chance for the best possible return in the offseason. The other thing is, and the reason why I, I think it is important to have the conversation about this is because a lot of times in the past when top flight goaltenders have been acquired late in a season it doesn't work out very well and especially for the rest of that season it doesn't work out very well. I encourage you to go listen to Kevin Woodley from Thursday's Flames Talk of last week. He broke it down really well and essentially the reason is a goaltender is so dependent on um, and, and, and a goaltender's success is so dependent on being in sync with the guys in front of him. Understand Understanding the, uh, the, the systems, understanding the tendencies, understanding of the way his defensemen are going to play two-on-ones or three-on-twos and odd man rushes and how they're going to defend in zone against cross-seam passes and, and lateral movement. And is it more of a, you know, how they defend um, low-high as opposed to how they defend east-west, all that type of stuff. And it takes time for a goalie to get comfortable with those tendencies and typically when you're going from team to team if there's a drastic change in styles like there would be for instance from Calgary to New Jersey you know that can be difficult for a team uh, for a goaltender to adjust with only you know a month month and a half until the end of the regular season like would be the case at this year's trade deadline so that's the other reason why I wonder if you know off season is the way to go now the only counterpoint to that would be that 
if the Devils were to be acquiring Jacob Markstrom, they're not acquiring him for just right now. They're also acquiring him for next year and the year after in the final two years of his contract. So the, the last part I just talked about, about acclimating to your new team, well, in their case, they could actually get a head start on that if that's what they're looking to do. As for Hannafin, that's why, you know, I, I am of the belief that I get why the Flames are looking to re-sign him, and, and I... You know, I think that the Flames, if they had their choice, they absolutely would sign Hannafin if he were to agree to the long-term contract. But even if Hannafin were to agree, I still lean 55%, you know, in that 55-45 range in trading him for exactly what that texter says because I still think the return you could get for Noah in a trade, potentially anyway, if if it's there, I, I think is tough to ignore especially looking at what Lindholm got the Flames if you're getting something similar to that for Hannafin that's tough to ignore even if he's totally on board with re-signing so that that's where I am on it kind of 55-45 but I fully get why the Flames are interested in re-signing him and why others outside you know if you're listening right now you might be of the opinion that they should re-sign Hannafin and I understand it that's why I'm I'm 55-45 it's not like I'm pounding my hand on the desk one way or the other you know dramatically I also think that yeah, I don't think the Flames would ever truly regret re-signing Hannafin. It's more just what's the better move and what are they going to get more value on keeping him or trading him. This from Stephanie in Varsity who says, if I were the Rangers, I wouldn't be too proud of that W. one nothing against a tired road team with a tired goalie against a fresh one. I probably feel better about the Flames than I usually do when they lose, but these teams were very even throughout with one major minor difference. Go Go Flames go. Great job, Markstrom. That's from Stephanie in Varsity. The, the only time it was truly lopsided was in that first period when the Rangers run, ran Calgary's show. Otherwise, it, it turned into a pretty even hockey game. And, and the Rangers deserving of the win, but definitely the Flames got it back on the rails after a not very good first period. This from Brian in Pitt Meadows uh, out in the lower mainland in the Fraser Valley. Says, Pat, tough to see number 25 standing on his head and just not having the horses to score. I feel they wasted this absolute enigma in his prime. This reminds me of when Kiprasov had to go through the same losing team in the early 2000s. What are your thoughts? That comes from uh, Brian and Pitt Meadows. Cheers, bud. He says, um, yeah, I, I mean, other than the 21-22 season, I, I understand, you know, they, they haven't had the um, elite teams to go along with the way Markstrom played. Now, Markstrom struggled last year. That was the one bad year he had. Year one in the 56-game season, aside from that stretch where he was still battling with the aftermath of a concussion, he was was really good bookending that season for the Flames. Obviously, year two was a Vesna Trophy runner-up year. Year three was rough. Year four, he's been elite again. So, he's been a really good goalie, and, and best goalie the Flames have had since Mika Kiprasov that that 
I have no doubt on. That one is is absolutely, in, in my eyes anyway, uh, inarguable. Great stuff on the text line tonight. 960-960 following a Flames. 2-0 loss to the New York Rangers. Back to the phone lines we go as we continue along in your Flames Talk postgame. It's Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Back we go and we say hello to Brent following this one tonight. What's up, Brent? Hey, Pat. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good. Uh, just a couple of things. First off, uh, this is the first time I called into uh, Flames uh, talk show since the days of John Henderson, so it's been a while. Oh, well, uh, first of John? all, rest in peace to, to Johnny, and uh, second of all, that uh, that is awesome to hear. Yeah, well, and, and you do a good job, don't get me wrong. Uh, the, the reason why, well, one of the reasons why I haven't called in is that uh, – in John's day, uh, they used to feature a trivia question. And if you got the, the question right, you got uh, dinner at a restaurant in town and you got Flames hockey tickets. So I don't know what's going on with your sales and promotional department, but uh, you guys are missing a tap in there. <laughs> so I'll see, I'll see what I can do on that front. See what you can do. And, and uh, if, they, if they don't want to take up the, uh, the quest, Heck, I'll, I'll fly in from Vancouver for, for a couple of days, and if you guys will spring for the commission, I'll find you someone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I think that uh, a couple of things. I think that uh, I'm quite impressed with the GMing that uh, Craig Conroy, Conroy is doing. I think it's the best GMing since since. Uh, um, since uh, Cliff Fletcher and his lovely white boots left town, uh, Cliff did a good job of, his, of constructing the, the Flames in the '80 to be a powerhouse, and uh, and he did so by um, by building the depth of the organization, and I think that's uh, the direction that Conroy's headed, uh, and I think that's a very positive thing for Flames and Flames fans. Um, I also think that uh, if he would sign, that uh, they'd welcome um, Noah Hannafin in a heartbeat. But I, I agree with the way you seem to be leaning. That uh, it appears as though that's not going to be the case, and so. And I don't want to. I don't want to say like it, it's not going to be the case because I, I think the door is still open. But just oh, for sure. The more time yeah. goes on, right, and the closer we get to you know this thing being you know still without a resolution it just feels like every every day that passes and and there's no decision that says yes I'm going to resign just feels like maybe it it moves a little bit closer to it not going the way the flames are hoping that that's that's the only thing I would say on that agreed agreed and I think that uh, I think that's the likelihood and I think go ahead and uh, snap up another, you know, four or five assets, fresh assets for the organization, and I think that'd be a good thing. And uh, even though I, I think Hannafin, I think uh, uh, Lindholm, I think they both, um, you know, were have handled things quite well under, under the microscope of the, you know, what this personal decision has been for them. I think they've both been fairly classy how they've dealt with it. And uh, anyway, I'd be ashamed to see him go, but I expect that's probably going to be the case. But uh, just to go against the grain a little bit, if that were to happen 
And I, I understand that, uh, or certainly it's been reported that Canav has not been tendered uh, contract offer. That uh, and maybe the Flames are waiting to find out what happens with Hannafin before they go down that path. But if Hannafin were to leave, who would bring back significantly more assets than Tanif would, um, I'm of, of a mind, well, why not uh, keep Tanif around so that you've got at least three, um, you know, top four defensemen and Tanif being the mentor that he is for Shillington. And I would imagine there's going to be a young defenseman of some sort coming back in the Hannafin trade. Um, anyway, in, in my opinion, that would be worth a shot. But again, it goes back to does Tanif want to be here again as well? And again, and, and I, that's that's a really like I I think that there's a lot of people who and I think a lot uh, first of all I think what you said there's a lot of wisdom there about the impact that Tanev could continue having on this team. You you won't hear me say a bad thing about you know the player that Chris Tanev is, the impact that Chris Tanev makes on this team. He's been he has been just nothing but uh, a consummate pro since he's gotten here. He's been a culture changer for this team. Uh, he's been great for him. There, there's there's just zero zero ways around it. The thing is, and, and I keep going back to um, what what Chris Tanev told and, and what Chris Tanev talked about with Eric Francis and Scott Oak on the last after hours they did in Calgary, and, and he just kept on talking about that run to the Stanley Cup final he had in his first year with the Vancouver Canucks and, you know, what how, how much he has been... Um, thinking about and trying to get back there ever since and how much that drives him, right? And so if the Flames are going in the direction of getting a little bit younger and knowing where Tanev is in his career, does he feel like getting back to a Stanley Cup final with this group is in the cards? And if the answer to that question is no, what is the desire for him to re-sign? And thus, if you're the Flames, if if you have a pretty good idea that he's not going to re-sign, you know, you're almost obligated to go down the road of a trade for the good of your organization. And also even in my eyes, kind of as a, you know, as a, Hey, thank you for your service. We'd like to get you to potentially to, to a contender. So, you know, I, I think that has to be taken into consideration when talking about Chris as well. Sure. Agreed. Agreed. Anyway, that's about all I've got to say tonight, but uh, all I can say is I, I, I wish there was a trivia question I could take a shot at. But uh, see if you can stir up that sales department, and if not, I'll check back later and see if we can maybe help out. I'll see what I can do, my man. That's uh, that's awesome. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling. Thanks for uh, coming back for the first time in decades. And um, I'm always it's always an absolute uh, honor. The, the the people who've done this job in the past. From John Henderson to Jock Wilson and, and Rob Kerr, um, it's uh, it's pretty neat to still be doing this and uh, to be kind of following those footsteps. It remains very neat. So uh, that's cool it's, blast from the it, past. It, it's a vital it's a vital service, Pat. So good on you, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, Brent. Be well, hey. You bet. Bye for now. And uh, rest in peace to John Henderson, one of the absolute beauties and uh, just an awesome, awesome guy uh, to, uh, to to have around when you're first starting in the industry like I was when, when Johnny was at Shaw. Uh, let's say hello to Jimmy following a 2 nothing loss to the Rangers. What's up, Jimmy? 
Hey, Pat, how's it going tonight? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. First of all, I want to say thanks. Uh, I submitted my beer league hockey team for the beer league broadcast and never thought in a million years that we would, that we would win. But me and the Arctic monkeys are, are super proud to be representing the afternoon show. And hopefully it's a lot of fun and we may have a few surprises up, up our sleeves for, uh, for everybody as well. That's what I like to hear. I'm uh, the Jimmy. Uh, I'm all, I'm all for this. This is, uh, this is already going to be a good call. Yeah, it was, uh, I was running around work hooting and holler and I, I was, I was quite, quite thrilled. I'd kind of forgotten about it and got the email from, from the young lady. So, uh, we're all super, super happy about that. So thank you very much. And, uh, we're definitely looking forward to it and can't wait for that. You're going to enjoy it, man. It's a um, lot of fun. Um, so, so really quickly, you know, my, my take kind of starts with this. I've been, you know, an avid Flames fan since moving to Manitoba in, in the early 2000s there. And, and the one thing that that uh, I look at with this team is there's there's a lot of talent on the team. And the thing that I look at is is, is a team like, you know, sort of my 1A team in, in the Jets is I, I don't honestly believe that, that the Jets and the Flames are that dissimilar in, in talent. I believe that the Flames may even have more talent, but for whatever reason – this group of players isn't working. So the interesting thing that I hear a lot of times when I'm listening or when I'm listening to you guys on the radio or watching Sportsnet or TSN and the flames come up is this idea of a rebuild. And I, I, I just don't see it as being necessary. You have assets that will garner you not only the ability to restock your, your system, but players that will make an impact right away to retool the current team on the ice to put the best talent out there. And I believe that's what ownership is after. Because the tough part is, going through, whether it's Edmonton, what Chicago's going through, there's no guarantee in that. And are the people that are talking about rebuilding, retooling, are they going to be still buying tickets when the Flames are, you know, tanking? And that's the tough part for the ownership group is what's more exciting, chasing a playoff spot or tanking for five years to maybe get better, to maybe find a generational talent like Connor Bedard or Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby. So the bottom line is we, Craig Conroy must manage his assets. When it comes to Noah Hannafin, it, it, the, the package Noah Hannafin can get to me is irrelevant from the standpoint that he is a top two defenseman in the National Hockey League. If he truly wants to be a Calgary Flame, we can't trade him. You have to have a goalie, and you have to have a top D-man. So if Hannafin wants to sign and he is truly committed to being here and being a part of the Flames organization, we sign him, we lock him up, we move forward. Now, in the case of Markstrom, I think he wants to be here. I don't think that's what you're after here. I think what you're after with Markstrom is the most amount you can possibly get, which is probably obvious, but the trick here isn't whether you trade Markstrom or you don't trade Markstrom. It's how you manage the goalies after that. And the, the, the true test of this is, of the organization is, to not bring Dustin Wolf in and say he's Jacob Markstrom because that is not the case. You guys were talking earlier on the on the Flames talk show, that you don't know what Dustin Wolf is right now. The bottom line is, 
if you trade Markstrom, if for some reason at the trade deadline you get like, what if somebody, I don't know who holds the number one pick this year or the lottery and whatever, but if a team like that comes calling and says, we want Markstrom, are you going to trade him? Of course you are. It would be insane not to. I know that's probably not going to happen. But, so you get a package you can't turn down. Now you turn to Vladar, and it's Vladar's chance to take this team and run with it for the rest of the season. But you go very regimented. You bring Wolf up, and he plays regardless of outcome, regardless of result. You're going one, two, three games with Vladar, one game Wolf. One, two, three games Vladar, one game Wolf. Because you need to determine what Dustin Wolf is. And once you determine that, and you give him an opportunity to be in the show and be at least the 1A, 1B guy, whatever you want to call it, then you can start making a determination as to what you have in the young man. I don't think trading Markstrom is a good or bad idea. I'm somewhat indifferent on it, only that if you can get a package for him that is going to be a return that makes your team better and still allows you to be competitive, I think you carry on with that trade. So that's kind of my take for you tonight, Pat. Um, I've been wanting to call in for a little while. It wasn't specifically about tonight's game. Uh, I was at my daughter's ball hockey game, so I was kind of back and forth watching the score. So uh, thanks again for selecting the Arctic Monkeys. We truly do appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you, and I look forward to hearing uh, what you have to say about my take. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Jimmy. We'll see you at the Beer League game. And, um, you know, I, I think th- there's a few things there, and, and, and I think one of the things that is important to point out is that I do think that the, the goalposts have changed a little bit in terms of what the Flames are, are looking to do here. I do think the specter of a brand-new arena finally in this city in three and a half years is a big motivator in terms of how the Flames are going about their business. It's, it's my understanding that you know there's a real big push organizationally and one of the the timelines that Craig Conroy is looking at is that opening in 2027, the opening of a new building. Fall 2027 is kind of the ballpark as to when the new event center is going to be open. And I think the Flames would like to have a team that is ready to be not just fight for a wild card spot, but to fight for a real contending spot in the Western Conference come that time and be good for the first two, three, four years of the building opening. Kind of similar to, you know, to take a look at what how things started for the Oilers in Rogers Place and what was that, 2018, 2017, I guess it was, when they were a game away from the Western Conference final. I mean, that that, and I know it didn't always... Uh, didn't like continue on there un, unabated from that point forward. They had a couple of non-playoff years, I believe, in there after that. But year one at Rogers Place in Edmonton, the Oilers went on a decent playoff run to Game Seven of the Western uh, of the second round against Ryan Kessler and his leg-hugging antics on Cam Fa- Cam Talbot and Cam Talbot rather, and and the Ducks ended up winning that series. But you know they they went on a pretty nice playoff run that year, and so. I think if you're the Flames, your f- building finally opens in 2027. I they'd like to have a really good team for the first three, four years of that new building and go from there. So a lot of what is, I think, being done is to build towards that 27-28 season and use that as kind of um ballpark for when you'd like this retool to really start bearing its fruit. And so... 
you know, on the Hannafin front, first of all, on the Hannafin front, the Flames don't make that call anymore. The Flames have tendered their offer. It's a fair offer. Noah Hannafin knows that they've given him uh, a very, very fair competitive offer. Best offer he's going to get, I think, from any team. And it's up to him as to whether or not he wants to be in Calgary for the next eight years. And and if the answer to that question is an American guy is no, I don't think anybody should begrudge him. I really don't. Um, but that's that's the situation with him. For Tanev, I, I don't think that, you know, Tanev is necessarily looking to be on a team at his age of 34 that is going through a retool, right, and is going a little younger. I don't know if that is something that he is super – keen on doing because Tanev wants to win a Stanley Cup and Markstrom wants to win a Stanley Cup. So if they they are not super keen on taking a slight step back competitively for a few years as they build towards the 27-28 season, well then trading them is the thing that makes the most sense. See how it plays out. Good call, Jimmy. Appreciate it. Uh, Three more calls before we wrap up on this Monday night. Next up is Vincent. What's up, Vincent? Hey, how you doing, Pat? I'm good, man. How are you? All right. Okay. Uh, I'm phoning in on like a boat. Like I'm a the greatest New York Rangers fan ever. Okay. So, I seen the first game like live at the Dome. I was fortunate enough. Uh, my neighbor Alex bought me a ticket, and we got went down there. And, uh, like, what happened that game, October or whatever, is that the, uh, the, uh, like, man, the Flames scored two goals in less than a minute. And then it went to overtime, and then the Flames won. So this night, I listened to on the radio, and I thought it was a heck of a ball game because... Just because I think there's a rivalry between them, if you ask me the truth. Like, between between the Flames is? between the Flames and the Rangers? Yeah. Like, did they not play like they don't like each other, a rivalry? Yeah, you know that? what? They they actually they actually kinda did. I, I'm I, and and it even goes back to last year's game uh at Madison Square Garden where Jacob Truba blew up uh, Oh yeah blew up, right. uh, Blew up yeah. Nazem Kadri, and you know tonight yeah, but, the the Truba hit on Pelche. I don't think the Flames are going to be super yeah. happy with that. Uh, so yeah, clean hit though, from what I heard. I I don't know. I I I'm gonna need to see that yeah. one again on Truba. Yeah, it looked I a don't little. Know. It looked a little but, blindsided to me. But yeah, but no penalty. Clean hit. No penalty. No penalty. Yeah, You're right that's on that what side. I mean. I hope it ain't a shoulder injury. Whatever. I I do too. Like, for see, Jacob's I'm a Flames fan. I'm from Calgary. But I cannot help but be a Rangers fan because I'm in the demographic where you had to pick a team, and this was just the beginning of expansion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So all your sticks in the middle, and you're either Montreal, New York, Boston, and all that. You know what I'm saying? I do. And so the Rangers was the group for you, hey? Oh, yeah. And I'm loyal. Like, you see what I mean? I like it. But they only got four cups total, I think, or five. And the Flames got one. Correct. So, I don't know. I'm I'm all over the place a bit there. But I'm just saying, like, um, 
no, there's another thing. Oh, yeah, like, why is there only two games against Rangers and Flames when they're both great games, if you ask me? Well, they um, they, they, that, they, only, they only play the Eastern Conference uh, twice a year. So all the Eastern Conference teams play Western Conference teams twice a year and vice versa. So that's that's league-wide, Vincent. That's what? That's league-wide. Like, so, oh, yeah. yeah but it has to do with uh, so many teams. Like, can you have it best out of three, best out of five? I mean, they, like, they, I'm, they're, I'm they're fucking wait. I don't know. They're they're they um they prioritize the regional games, the you know the in conference and in division games. But then you did. It used to be. It used to be Vincent. Wasn't that long yeah. ago that the Flames played the Rangers once a year? So the Rangers would come really? to Calgary once every two years, or the Flames would go oh. to New York once. So they they changed that about I want to say seven eight are years you ago. Was oh, that? Are you in New York City? No, I'm in Calgary. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, I just had to ask. I've never been there, but have you? I have. It's great, Vincent. You got to get to New York before, uh, before, as, 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 whenever you can. You got to get there. Um, spend uh, even if you can only spend 24, or 48 hours in Manhattan. It's uh, it's pretty neat, my friend. I appreciate Is the call today, right Vincent. You have hey, thanks, Pat. Yep. Hey, one thing I gotta tell you. Pat, you sure are a good talker. Thank you, man. I, I hope so. It's the only thing I'm good at. Yeah. <laughs> Rock it down. Thank you kindly. Thank First you, time Vincent. I phoned in. Sorry about that. Thank you, man. I appreciate okay. it. Uh, that, was, uh, that was a good call. I like that. Vincent's fired up on this Monday night. Um, yeah, I'm honestly good at I'm, – I'm, I'm passable at talking. I'm literally good at nothing else. So I'm glad that Vincent thinks that I'm at least passable at doing the one thing I uh, can get by at. Dale is up next following a 2 nothing loss to the Rangers. What's up, Dale? Well, my friend, there's nothing worse than having the gift of gab, I guess, right? It's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's – I guess it's what I've got. I was going to call in a couple of days ago because I could not remember Mr. Henderson's name. I'm an old, I'm like rocks and sticks as toys. I'm so old. So I remember him, but back in our day, because I've been a Flames fan since the very first game, 5-5 five, five tie. It was the first game with the Stasby brothers in the corral and Eddie Whelan did the call for us. It was beautiful. But anyways, um, Mr. Henderson would cut people off all the time. But back in those days, we had to listen to the radio probably about 40 times a season because it wasn't on TV every game. Right, absolutely. And, and you know, that's down. that's one thing, that's one thing uh Dale that, you know, even I'm uh well old enough to remember is it wasn't that long ago that like even even in the age of all the sports networks and and the the internet and all that there, there there wasn't that long ago like we're probably talking I don't know within the last fifteen years that not every game was available on TV uh, from yeah, a flame right standpoint that, there was a pay per view yeah, they did pay per view yeah, for a while right. there were just straight up like four or five games <clears> a year <throat> they were just completely not available in this market um, it's yeah. only been the last like ten years or so that you can count on every single game for the Flames being on TV. Yeah, it's been about, yeah, because I remember in 04 I was watching the, the last game of the season downstairs in the basement and I had to pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, that was you know, but anyways, uh, what I actually called for was uh, with the uh, with the goaltender situation, everybody's been saying Markstrom had a bad season last year, correct? Terrible season. 
and and he did by his standards. Okay, well, I'm going to give him a little bit of a uh, little bit of rest on this. We've all had a pregnant woman in our house, or most of us have, and sometimes the guys are worse about the stuff about the pregnancy than the women are. And guess when he started playing good? Just after the baby was born. Yeah, and and I I honestly believe that that there there was a little bit to that. I mean that that's a oh, huge that, there's a, that was a huge change in his life. Um, and it's the biggest thing in your life, really, besides getting married, I would think. Right, and oh, and so I think that that absolutely did play a part in what was going on last year. And the other thing is, you know what we all, we've all also had just like bad years bad stretches in whatever we do as a career um you know and 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 sometimes you it doesn't matter how good you are at whatever you do sometimes you have a stretch where you're just not very good at what you're doing even though it's what you're best at and and jacob had that year last year and when you're really good at something yeah as a human you're you're not going to be perfect at it at all times and maybe you have two months four months six months where you're not as you're not doing it as well as you know you're capable of, but you stick with it because you were born to do that thing. And Jacob was born to to play goal at the, the highest level. And so, yeah, after a rough year, of course he's bounced back to a whole lot closer to what he's capable of because that's what he's capable of. Well, yeah, we'll look at, well, you know, bad years. Look at T.J. Brody now. I think he's had about eight in a row. They're ready to lynch him in the big smoke, but that's not our problem anymore either, is it? The goaltender thing, I would say, Let's keep Markstrom from at least another year. Um, let's bring up Wolf. You do not want to, as Cron would say, throw him in too early and destroy him, correct? <laughs> yeah, I think there's something to that. You know? So let's, let's, let's give him time. Let's give him a season with Markstrom. Markstrom's a great goaltender. And just like Kippersoff, and not in the early 2000s, but in the early, 1000, or early 10s, he was holding his team together. Markstrom plays like that. It's going to give the kids more and more confidence to become NHL players that can actually stretch it and give us some of those players that have some of that, you know, great talent. Because they know he's back there. He can help them. It'll be good for Wolf. I think it's a good scenario all the way around. And I was wondering if somebody was going on because Vladar hasn't been with the team and they called up Wolf. Is there any rumor to that? No, Vladar's just hurt. He got hurt uh, last week in warm-up, so he's just injured right now. Okay, because, you know, NHL teams aren't always truthful with what they're telling us about their injuries either, right? They wouldn't. You, you can't put a guy on injured reserve if you're faking an injury. Oh, like he, oh, he, he has been on IR since Thursday. Oh, okay. I didn't realize they threw him on IR. They've had a kind of really busy weekend. No, I'll go. Um, uh, what else do they have? Pelchi. I'm just, you know, uh, I think the kid is just too small. You know, like, he he had a great start last season, but you know what? When he started getting banged around a lot, he started disappearing. And this year, the shoulder injury to start, and it looks like it's going to be another one, and I hope it's not, but it does look like it's going to be. And he's not a player to be playing on the fourth line. He's not the banging guy. He's got to be up top. Leave him down in the minors for a little bit longer. We're trying to do a, uh, trying to do a youth movement. We can still do the youth movement and almost make the playoffs, whatever they want to do. But let the kid get down in the minors, get him some weight on first. That's what he needs is some weight. Because he's going to get banged around, with, and now that he's got shoulder issues, what's going to happen to him? Yeah, I'm not quite ready to go there. I understand what you're saying. I'm, I'm not quite ready to, um, to, to say that he's not big enough or he's going to just get perpetually uh, knocked around. I, I do think oh, – I'm, I'm not saying give up on the kid. I'm just saying, you know what, give him some time. Look at what Detroit did for all those years. 
um, during the gentleman uh, oh, up in Edmonton that's been a trash. You know, like how long did Zetterberg stay down in the minors for, and what did he turn into? A Hall of Famer. No, I, I get what you're saying. Guys, I just some guys do it. I, I don't. Got a good team and I'm not. Right I guess now. I'm Let's just not ready to be completely there that that Jacob needs it at this point. Um, well, let's see. He, let's I see what happens with be. this this potential injury too. We don't even know if if he's going to miss yeah. any time, right? I'm I'm of the opinion that he doesn't. He's he's of a talent that he needs to be up on the top two lines. He doesn't need to be in the bottom getting beaten to hell. You know what I mean? It's just. If they want to build this and build this properly, and they have done that with their farm team lately, it's been really good. It's brought a lot of players in. I was really proud in, in the year that we had two years ago when you actually went through the roster, and there was nine guys on that team that actually were drafted and brought up by the Flames. That's a good sign. Right. Let's keep it up, but let's not rush guys and destroy them while we're doing it. That's and I guess, I guess what I'm saying is I don't, I don't know <clears> – <throat> if that's where things are yet with Pelche, because I do think ideally they are looking to get him elevated out of the fourth line role. That's just where they have him to, to start his comeback here. Yeah. It's the way the team is right now. Is he deserving of a, of a top six role or a top nine role right now? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, right, right now they've got a decent little groove going with their top nine. So for now, I understand them not, doing that uh, another question for you pat yeah. um mr shillington is he an RAF, rfa or a ufa ufa oh is he okay yeah because they signed him to that two year what do they what, what is this contract at right now well he's at two and a half million on his aav on the deal that ex- is expiring okay what is the has there been any talk because honestly i'm a real big fan of that kid he in the end of the last the, the last season he played with us I, I watched him, and he has got such a sense and such a – his skating skill is amazing. Agreed. Amazing. Like, he is – I remember a couple of games, he would take the rush down to the end of the ice, somebody would puke up the puck, and he was the first guy back to take it away from the guy before he got to the net. Like, the guy's got wheels. You know, he's almost as fast as Lombardi was, I think. Oh, he's he's extreme. Like he is one of the top. I don't know top skaters in the NHL. Um, that absolutely. Um, and and honestly, I think I think there's a very decent chance that he is back with the Flames next year. I, I think there's a lot of gratitude. Well, I know there's a lot of gratitude from Shillington and his camp for the way the Flames supported him, for the way the Flames uh, allowed him to go through what he needed to go through on his own, but were there to support him and. A allowed him to get through it and and to bring him back the way they have. There's a lot of gratitude in terms of the way the Flames handled the whole thing. And so I I, I, I fully, honestly, I fully expect Oliver to be back with the Flames next year. I hope so because, uh, you know, what? just the whole story is, is something nice to see. And it'd be nice to see a player show some loyalty to Calgary because we get dumped on constantly. And this is a great market. I've been all over North America. And I wouldn't raise my family in any other city but this. And I know you've probably lived in a, numerous places, but this is the place to be, man. This really is. No, I've lived. I've lived in two places in my life. I've lived in Grand Prairie, and I've lived in here here in Calgary. Um, and oh, okay. I've 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 been and I've visited and I've spent uh, copious amounts of time elsewhere. I I, mm-hmm. I know I know where my heart is. I'm not I'm not going anywhere. I, I this this is. I agree. You you're not gonna yeah. get any disagreement on me on what Calgary's all about. And your friend that was on before me previously, New York City is exactly like you see in the movies. It is people, cabs, 
honking, and it is going on at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's really neat to see. It's awesome. And you're right. It's a, it's a bucket list. It really, if you haven't been, go. It's you awesome. You really got to go. I'm with you. Yep. Thanks, Judge. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you, Dale. Have yourself a great night, hey? Okay, man. That'll wrap us up on the phone lines tonight. Thank you so much for everybody who uh, called in tonight. Thank you for your text. Thank you for your phone calls. As always, appreciate all of the feedback as we start to uh, conclude our Flames Talk postgame show on this Monday night. Uh, final score, Flames fall 2-0 in New York to have their win streak snapped at 4. It's time for our final summary. The first period saw the Rangers run Calgary show. They were dominant in the first period but couldn't score, did not beat Jacob Markstrom in that first period. He was scoreless after 20 minutes of play. Flames much better in the second period. Things a whole lot more even from there on out, but the Rangers score the first goal of the game past the midway mark of the middle frame as Will Cooley makes it one nothing New York at the 12:31 mark of the second. His ninth of the year from Capo Caco and Johnny Brodzinski, and it was one nothing New York after 40 minutes of play. Flames pushed even harder in the third, could not beat beat Igor Shesterkin, and then the Rangers would ice it late into an empty net with less than 20 seconds remaining. Jimmy Vesey strips Noah Hannafin and pots it into the empty net to make it 2-0 Rangers. Vesey's 12th unassisted at 19:41 gets us to our 2-0 final score. Final shots were 31-30 in favor of the Rangers. Flames go 0-2 on the power play. New York goes 0-3 with the man advantage tonight. Your three stars in the building at Madison Square Garden number three, Jacob Markstrom. Number two, Will Cooley, the goal scorer, and with uh, 31 save, 30 save shutout rather in net for the Rangers. Igor Shesterkin, your number one star this evening. With the loss, Flames fall to 25, 23 and five. They're back in action Thursday at home to San Jose. While New York improves to 34, 16 and three, they're back in action Thursday at home to Montreal. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames hockey tonight for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson and for our outstanding producer Azam Ali Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll start to wrap us up on our Flames Talk postgame show which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcast. Next up for the Flames Thursday night against the San Jose Sharks. It's a 7 o'clock face-off which means we'll be on the air at 6 o'clock from the Dome with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your week. Your final score from Madison Square Garden Monday night. Flames fall 2 nothing to the New York Rangers. This has been your Flames Talk postgame show available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.